Welcome back to Astral Doorway, everyone, in this series on awakening the chakras. So we're now going to move on to the higher three chakras, the divine, godly or heavenly chakras, you could say. Now, don't be disappointed if you feel these episodes on the higher chakras don't cover everything. I will be making quite a few extra episodes related to these higher chakras with more practices, uh, more insights. I truly can't fit it all into these somewhat short episodes, so be sure to be subscribed because there will be more deeper and more elaborate discourses on them after the series. So this episode will cover the throat chakra, Vishuddha, the church of Sardis, which is the colour blue and to do with the thyroid gland. From here on out, we'll start to delve into more magical and mystical understandings while still striving to keep our feet rooted in the earth, which can be a little difficult to do because when the spiritual aspirant, the practitioner or the yogi begins to advance and begins to perceive new extrasensory phenomena and starts to have these spiritual experiences, it is a direct confirmation of their progress in awakening and great enthusiasm and freedom and happiness become very natural. And so, of course, it's very easy to get lost in all of that because we start to forget about the most important teachings, the overcoming or the destruction of the ego and to carry on with the practices in the lower chakras that we need to always be aware of. And our heart is the intermediary between the lower chakras and the higher chakras. The heart is what connects them both and we can't lose that connection. For example, in this episode on the throat chakra, this is where we will learn clairaudience and develop our spiritual ear, meaning the internal sense of hearing non-physical perception. And as a fundamental to clairaudience, we learn how to listen in the full sense of the meaning to listen. Generally speaking, we don't know how to listen because how can one listen if one is full of noise within? Instead of listening to someone or something, we listen to the layers of mental noise and not the actual thing we're supposed to be listening to. If we cannot listen to what is within, to the great silent intelligence within, very much related to the heart chakra as well, then we cannot listen externally either. I'm sure you can think of many people in your own life who just don't know how to really listen to others and are always thinking about what they say next instead of truly hearing the person out or completely misinterpret what they're saying. So instead of actually listening to people or things, we listen through the layers of subconscious noise. And that's a very dangerous filter because that filter can be full of any kinds of fantasies, judgments, doubts, etc. You know, most arguments go on longer than they should because of imbalance in this chakra. People misunderstand each other all the time and most arguments don't even get resolved. So this is to do with communication as well. In reality, it's quite rare to find people who know how to listen. By hearing, listening to what is within, we become the observer. And as an observer, as a listening observer, we don't get lost in what we are observing. Then we can truly hear others. Then if we listen to others without the filters of judgments of our own ego, we can also eventually apply this listening to be able to listen and learn to hear God and to hear our inner guidance. And as a fundamental to listening, we have to learn to precisely and effectively communicate what we 
think, what we feel, what we want and what we need, not just to others but to the relationship with ourselves. This is why being a good leader is important, but not leading others, as in having a leader within ourselves that can talk some sense into our own lesion of psychology. It is to become our own king within, or our own queen within, and as a fundamental to being able to communicate effectively and express ourselves effectively, in other words, to commune effectively, we have to be very honest with ourselves and hence we can't advance onto opening the throat chakra without honesty which of course is to do with the heart chakra and how we learned about our inner guidance and our intuitive conscience. So you can start to see how each chakra that we've been following in these episodes builds on top of each other and how by mastering the aspects and characteristics and virtues of each one, that allows us to progress more easily onto the next energy centre. Uh, we had a great live guided meditation and Q&A voice chat last Sunday, by the way. It lasted over three hours. If you'd like to participate in our events as well, which are twice a month, just visit the Patreon link in the description below. Also, after suggestions from a few people on the channel, and especially from uh, Tracy in the Patreon Discord group, I've begun writing a book on awakening the chakras and kundalini. It will essentially be the same as this series in terms of information, but it will be much more ordered, structured, and many of the points much more clearly elaborated, with also more practices laid out step by step throughout the book. I'm working to get this published relatively quickly while I'm doing this series. Uh, so this is particularly for those who are saying, you know, they learn better through reading, being sort of tactile and kinesthetic learners. And a lot of you have said you've been taking notes and watching episodes more than once to try and really comprehend and contemplate everything that's said. So I'll let you know on the channel when it's ready for purchase from Amazon. It will be modestly priced, just like my first book. Uh, comment below if you're interested in getting the book. It will push me to get it finished quicker. Okay, so we can also understand how we're going to explore more subtle or more non-physical dimensions of reality from here on out through what kind of element the throat chakra is. You see, we've explored the four main elements that material science conventionally understands, which is earth, water, fire, and air. Now, remember at the start of the series, I introduced the word tatwas, which is a Sanskrit word to describe the fuller reality of these elements, which constitutes our human experience in many ways. You see, they're not just elements in a material, scientific sense, but also determine many aspects of our reality. For example, if there is a lot of element of fire in your surrounding environment, not actual fire, but you know, a lot of sun and heat, then people's behaviour can be happy and stimulated, but also more prone to anger, or people may also become more laid back or lazy. The body doesn't want to eat as much food in hot weather. So there's many effects that these elements have within us and also our environment. Uh, cooking food as well, or eating certain foods, such as chilies, also creates this heat. So this tatwa, this element of fire, is called tehas, the tehas tatwa. The earth tatwa is called Prithvi, water is Apas, air is Vayu, and the spiritual tatwa is called Akash or Akasha. Now, let me draw deeper links between the chakras and the spiritual bodies. Prithvi, earth, is connected to the root chakra, which is to do with the physical body. Apas, water, is connected to the sacral chakra, which is to do with the vital body. 
Tejas, fire, is connected to the solar plexus chakra, which is to do with the astral body. Vayu, air, is connected to the heart chakra and is to do with the mental body. And Akash, or Akasha, is the element of ether and is connected to the throat chakra, which is to do with the causal body. Hence, the throat chakra is also much to do with karma because of the causal body, cause and effect, and creation through expression, vibration, and, more importantly, very relevantly, sound. So I talked previously about how akash or ether is connected to the heart and lungs, yes, however this type of akash in the throat chakra is more to do with the quality of sound and vibration in the cosmos, in the sense that sound is a vibration that creates and pervades throughout all things. Everything has a sound. You as a whole has a sound. Any object in your room has a sound which resounds at a certain frequency which it is attuned to. And you are attuned in ways too, not just with your physical body but with your own relationship to your physical body through your essence, through your consciousness. So accordingly, just how the earth chakra is to do with our physical life, eating grains and cereals, and how water can be to do with drinking clean water and balancing our sexual fluids, and how fire is to do with sunlight, heat, rebirth, cooking food, and how air is to do with getting fresh air and the breath of life, pranayama, clear thoughts... Well, Akash, the throat chakra, is to do with sound, and hence the food for this chakra is sound. Sound in every sense possible. First, of course, being the reason why mantras and meditation is so powerful. Those are direct foods to awaken this chakra, but we also have sound as the words we say, and the realities we create day to day through those words. And not just the words we say, but the words, thoughts, and beliefs we hold within. They all have sounds and frequencies too. If you've ever been observant in meditation, you can hear yourself speaking or reacting inside yourself. So, you know, if you've been working with yourself on certain egos, if you've stopped acting out those egos externally, then great, you've learned self-restraint. But if you're still reacting internally, then you still have greater levels of purification to work on. This is why Jesus said, Whoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now, these tattwas live through our physical environment in the etheric plane. Uh, we can actually see them directly. I'm going to teach you a simple clairvoyance exercise on how to do that in the next episode on the third eye. But for now, to stay on the topic of sound, which I don't think I can emphasize the significance of sound enough, you know, if you did not have sound, and I'm not just talking about what you say or think, but I'm talking about you as a fundamental being, if you did not have sound, you would not be. You would not exist. Before anything material comes into being, it first emerges as primordial sound, which you could say is the essence of whatever form is perceived. So the very first step of any kind of manifestation is the sound, the sound of a thought or the sound of an idea birthing into your consciousness from the great unknown. 
Our very planet Earth has a sound, a sound which defines the totality of the vibration of Earth. You know, even modern technology has picked up the sound of the planets in space. Of course, sound doesn't travel through the vacuum of space, but they were able to detect the electromagnetic vibrations of them and convert them into sound, and what they found were beautiful. I'll play a few for you now. Now, I personally doubt these are the actual exact sounds you would hear of the planets if you used spiritual abilities to hear them, but it could be similar. Uh, nonetheless, this is what technology has been able to record with spacecrafts in physical life. Here's the sound of Saturn. Here's the sound of Jupiter. The sound of Venus. The sound of Pluto. Okay, so if you'd like to hear the other planets, there's a link in the description. And what happens when we zoom out further? What about the sound of life itself on a more existential level? As a practice for contemplating this, I want you to try something very interesting. It is known throughout many systems of teaching, including Gnosticism, that during twilight, so dawn or dusk, that is, during sunset or sunrise, there is an influx of akash in our immediate environment during this time, especially during sunrise, which is, you know, usually anywhere between 4am and 6am, depending on where you are in the time of the year. And so sunrise and sunset are known to be the best times to practice deep meditation, because you can get in touch with your reality on a more akashic level, on a more vibrational, primordial level. And so try this, meditating, especially during sunrise. You can even get up in the middle of the night and go back to sleep if you have to. Try it, and while you meditate during this time, focus your attention on sound. That does not mean placing your awareness outside of you, because you don't need to extend yourself to hear things, do you? You don't technically hear things outside of you. You hear sounds at the small openings of your ears. So accordingly, maintain your focus on these openings of your ears and be aware of all the noise that is accumulated there and immediately become aware of whatever background noise or white noise or static ambient noise you can hear. And as you do... During this time, especially in the early morning, you may be able to detect a certain vibration, a low hum, almost like a bumblebee. This is the primordial vibrational sound of life. When we begin to connect with sound in this way, through listening to the sounds in our immediate environment, through listening to ourselves and others, through listening to silence, which is very important, first, and practicing mantras, we begin to connect with our experience on a much more profound level. Our intuitive capacities become more powerful. It becomes this next stage of psychic awareness. Claire, right? We have clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. Clairsentience, in reality, it happens when we master our emotions, and then we can feel the emotions of others, and, you know, it connects to what I discussed in the Sacral Chakra episode about in the astral and astral body, we're able to sort of download information through our emotions. This is clairsentience. And this can be felt in the physical too. So with clairaudience starting to develop, 
You know, it only takes one little sound, whether it's the sound of a voice within you or a pitch in the tone of a voice of another, to understand immediately how you or another is feeling and the information stored within vibration and frequency. And of course, with time, we can also hear the thoughts of others, but there's a lot of implications there and sort of rules that we'll see as we continue. So this is an intelligence that's adopted and can be refined as we progress with the law of karma, as in overcoming our egos, not being a hateful person, not being a judgmental person, and as we progress in our levels of advancement, then we start to attain these new capacities, internal capacities for reality. You may also notice as you advance, as you do your spiritual practices, that you may hear certain tones and high-pitched frequencies sometimes. These are not tinnitus. Uh, sure, in some cases they could be, but for most advanced spiritual practitioners, and especially during the twilight, it's usually a sign we're on the right path, that we're being guided, that blockages are being released, it's shifting of energy within. You know, to touch on twilight again, it's very symbolic, because our biology is designed symbiotically with nature and our solar system. There's a reason for our length of time, for our spiritual day and spiritual night and the duality that we're trapped in. And to experience that short time where it is neither day or night has massive effects in terms of these active tatwas in nature and on our human biology and chemistry. So it starts to be very common to start to hear those high-pitched tones as you meditate, especially during those times. And, you know, the music I've been putting at the start of each episode, I've not just been including them because I have a personal liking for them. They're there to inspire your consciousness to adopt a more meditative way of being that is more fertile for you to comprehend the ideas that we're discussing in this series. Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, and many others were spiritual masters of sound and music. You can't approach listening to their music like normal pop music or something. Listen to them intimately. They can connect you to celestial dimensions of understanding. Look into the lives of these great composers, they were deeply spiritual. And this is why it's a lot more rare to find great composers these days. Mozart, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky were Freemasons. Beethoven worshipped Mother Nature a lot, in other words, the Divine Mother. And he said himself, music is a higher revelation than all of wisdom and philosophy. Eric Satie was involved in Gnostic groups too. Many people think that these were simply musicians and were natural geniuses, but the reality is their music is a result of awakening their consciousness, especially to high degrees in clairaudience. An example would be Mozart's Magic Flute, as mentioned in the previous episode, which portrays the initiations of the Masonic Lodge, and also Puccini's Turandots reflect the mysteries of death and the Divine Mother. Beethoven's Nine Symphonies each reflect the Nine Spheres or the Nine Dimensions on the Tree of Life, and the Soul's Ascension going through that. And to be even more specific, the song I included at the beginning of this episode is Beethoven's Symphony 7 Movement 2, which is said to help with healing. So I've included a link to this 8-minute song, and I highly recommend for you to meditate to it, to relax. You can even lay down, put some good headphones on, close your eyes and meditate and listen to every sound as an orchestra and vibration washing your soul and see how you feel. Lose yourself in a detached way in the music. 
So these composers' throat chakras were wide open and clear, and they heard the music through their spiritual ears and simply manifested it into the physical. The most spiritual type of music is not binaural beats and ambient sounds, but the great mathematical symphonies of these masters. And on the topic of music, we have the seven solfage notes, commonly used to teach the seven notes on the major scale, which are do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Now, this progression through these seven notes can be applied to any aspect of manifestation in our life. For example, if you're studying for a qualification, or taking up a course, or doing some kind of project. The level of excitement or difficulty or level of energy required can be compared to these musical notes. So let me demonstrate, and then I'll give more examples after. It goes like this: do re mi fa sol la ti. So do. This is where we think of an idea. We think of something. We see the potential, and then. Do re, then it's exciting. We've made a start. We've started walking towards that sound of manifestation. You know, the ball is rolling. And then, do re mi, amazing. We're making progress. And then, do re mi fa. And then you know, oh great, we're making lots of progress, but we need to keep going. It's taking a little more effort. And then do re mi fa sol. And then you see the intensity there. This is where we probably have some difficulties. We need to keep pushing in order to finish it. And then we have do re mi fa sol la. It's the final push. You see, almost finished. The most intense part, and then do re mi fa sol la ti, and that's the crescendo of manifestation and silence. Done, finished, completion, triumph, victory, and commonly when they teach this in music, they end actually with do again back at the start. So like. Do re mi fa sol la ti do, like that. Meaning we're back at the original point, but at a higher octave, a higher frequency, where our initial intent, our initial idea, has now manifested as a physical reality. So we can apply this to absolutely any progress or stages in life, whether it be the stages of an intimate relationship, a certain project you have, a business, going on a trip. It even applies to our entire life. With the midlife crisis being a reflection of those notes in the middle of the seven scales of music. We can apply this to our day when we wake up. You know, we're usually happy when we first wake up. Then we deal with challenges, and then we sleep. Completed. We relaxed. One day finished. We can apply this to years. Everyone's happy and celebrates at the start of the year, right? We got through it, and then we have a new year coming. Then the year has its challenges. 2022 has already been crazy, right? Well, if it's like this already, I don't know. What else there is to expect? But、uh, I expect there is going to be、uh, much more of that craziness this year. So let's see, and we can apply this to our birth year, our personal birth year as well. You celebrate your birthday, very happy, and then notice how towards the last quarter of your birth year, in other words, the few months coming up to your birthday, is usually your most difficult. That period of your year usually has the most personal challenges for you, and is usually when you get the most illnesses as well. It might not apply to everyone, but try and notice. Comment below if you just realise that's true in your own life. Maybe your birthday is next month. Are things a little more challenging? Maybe just emotionally or circumstantially or health-wise. It's usually the case if you notice. Uh, another example, you know, do re mi fa sol. 
soul is the fifth note and doing the fifth chakra, the heart chakra episode, I experienced difficulties completing that episode because I, you know, I almost delayed that episode. There were physical circumstances getting in my way, certain struggles, but I knew somewhat. I didn't expect, but I suspected there may be something happening during that time because I'm always aware of these stages throughout completing things in life. I always see it. You know, I lived in China for a year and Korea for a year and the stages of pushing energy in order to move to another country took time and effort. And you know, when I got on the plane to go there, I could feel that last crescendo note, you know, that feeling of, ah, you know, I can breathe, I've done it, all my efforts have paid off, I'm finally going. Similarly, you know, I suspect the end of this series is going to be big and exciting, not because I'm just saying so, but because I'm staying committed to creating them and seeing the way they've turned out, well, it's natural that I suspect I'll find myself having to put more energy than usual as there'll be the crescendo of this series. And you know, apply this to the spiritual awakening of humanity. There's a lot of talk of the new age and a new earth. Well, that's not going to come through peaceful means. If you think that whatever you're seeing in the world today is overwhelming, well, just wait. Things will be intensified in order for us to progress. And even if there is any peace at all, that peace will be intense. So it's all about that musical scale. Things will always become more intense in order for change and manifestation to take place. Remember that we also saw how the solar plexus and the heart chakras have that inner battle for our soul, that inner battle as our kundalini rises past these regions. Well, on a global external scale, external conflict will also manifest, hence why we're seeing war in various countries. This is why it's wise to be prepared for whatever could happen and not be displaced and internally affected by physical circumstances. So with the sort of crescendo of this musical note of manifestation of where we put in efforts and we put in, you know, a bit of struggle in order to attain or realize something, life wisdom, spiritual self-realization, intelligence is all best experienced in those last notes, in the distillation, in the synthesis, in the essence of whatever you've been learning or making efforts towards. They're all experienced in those end notes. So this is why it's important to have willpower to not just start something and never finish it. Otherwise, it sort of hurts our self-expression. And of course, the higher we go in the chakras, the more we come to a whole and distilled, synthesized understanding of them. And we turn that, combined with personal experience, into direct, livable knowledge, gnosis. Well, there is so much I can say about this inner sound that we can listen to. I'll leave a couple of very interesting links for Shabdi Yoga, which is very relevant to all of this. It's all based on connecting with the celestial sound of the cosmos and immersing our consciousness in it, and in doing so, transcending the perception of physical limitations altogether, leading to deeper and higher degrees of enlightenment and bliss. Now, there are some very specific illnesses that occur when this chakra is out of balance, and I've seen this a lot with people that I know, and it's so very obvious to me why these people are getting these occurring issues, especially when considering certain behaviours. The most common one being health problems related to the thyroid, and I say that emphatically because I've known several people throughout my life who communicate and express themselves and more specifically speak with such a strong negative emotional charge quite often. 
whether it's about personal problems or world affairs. And it's not just, you know, every now and then. In these people I've known, it's constant. It's so compulsive. And it seems that when they're not saying their continual compulsive problems out loud, they're saying it in their head. And you can just sometimes even see the thoughts that they're in with this very negative charge in their body. Such people, you know, I, I don't want to talk badly about people, I'm just using it as an example, but, you know, such people rarely have good control over what they say. They have a sort of verbal diarrhea, you could say, and it's really no wonder they get imbalanced thyroids, imbalanced throat chakras, because they're completely abusing the gift of the voice and its power to express and create through sound and vibration, as we've been seeing in this episode. Remember the water experiments by Dr. Emoto, and how these sounds and words and intentions, and whether they are positive or negative, have either healing or destructive effects on the molecules in the water, and that our physical bodies are mostly water. So other problems related to this chakra could be, but not explicit or limited to, sore throats, ear infections, sinus infections, jaw problems, etc. But the main one is the thyroid gland, because that is, you know, one of the main seven endocrine glands of the body, hugely responsible for many of the processes and regulation of hormone secretion throughout our biology. Interestingly, you may also be able to spot someone's throat chakra imbalance by the way they walk in public. That might sound a little strange, but if a person walks around with their head sort of down and hunched and their shoulders are tight, and they seem to want to hide their throat into their chest to have a little comfort in their heart, right? And you can just tell they don't really want to look anywhere or make high contact with the environment around them, this is usually quite a big sign that this person has problems with self-expression and expressing themselves freely, which is intimately tied to the throat chakra. You know, awakening this throat chakra is where we begin to enjoy the fruits of our labour. This is where we begin to enjoy ourselves as free souls in this experience, personal and spiritual freedom. So you can kind of see when people, you know, have problems with expressing themselves freely. Freedom in the sense that, you know, a person has personal freedom. They don't care what other people think about them. And, you know, ultimately, not caring about what people think of you really means you've given up judging yourself. So, yes, of course, this world is terribly hostile, unfriendly, intimidating, hateful, but all of those challenges exist regardless, and they'll always be there, and it's important to not be affected by whatever is around us and whoever is around us, whatever is happening in the world. You know, there's a lot of ego of pride tied into that. For example, if I get criticised by, you know, the work that I do, uh, because, you know, I don't know many spiritual people in my personal life, and I get comments sometimes, of course, about that I'm a bit of a kook or I'm, I'm into strange things, but I have to observe very carefully because, you know, if I get offended by that, you know, that's the ego of pride. I have to be very understanding and be okay with people perhaps hating me, judging me, uh, saying things. That's okay. If I wasn't okay with that, I'd have a problem with my throat chakra. I'd have a problem with self-expression and speaking the truth, my own truth and my own joy and passion. So you can probably draw links to your own uh, personal examples as well. So, you know, whatever is around you, whoever is around you, whatever is happening in the world, forget it all if you want to flourish as a full human being. Self-expression should come from a pure and free place way beyond the limitations and judgments of the ego, whether it comes from you or other people. We should act according to our conscience, our inner being. 
So all of this really ties into our relationship with our physical body and our environment and the root chakra as well. And being in touch with our emotions in the sacral chakra, personal power as we saw in the solar plexus chakra, and being true to ourselves in the heart chakra. And so if you do all of those fully, you allow more space. Space being akash, the element of the throat chakra. This all creates space for the soul to freely express itself and really start living. You allow space for kundalini to enter the throat. And when you let the soul express itself through you, conscious action can manifest better into your life. You can find yourself not thinking about doing things, but just doing them instantly, spontaneously, because it's simply aligned with your joy, with your truest self. There's no conflict, no judgment, no lies, no hidden motives. Life becomes simple and joyous. You know, to give you a personal account of my own life, I had huge blocks in my throat chakra, which may be surprising because if you've been following this channel, you've probably listened to hours of me passionately chatting into your ear. But really, I had deep emotional and anxious blocks in my nervous system when it came to expressing a truer version of myself and just generally. For example, when I was studying for my BA in philosophy in university, I was a bit of a minority in the sense that I didn't like a lot of the material we were studying and I bluntly thought that there was a lot of stupidity in a lot of Western philosophical thoughts, but when it came to me trying to express my thoughts with my background in Eastern philosophy, I would either not be able to formulate my thoughts properly, or my voice would shake due to my heart pounding, or I would just outright embarrassedly freeze mid-sentence because of a crippling anxiety to do with public speaking and just expressing myself to others. The energy center in my throat was completely atrophied and out of balance. And of course, let me reiterate that an imbalance in a specific chakra doesn't just mean that chakra is only imbalanced. It implies that the chakras under it are also imbalanced. Because, of course, in my case, that crippling anxiety was totally to do with my own ego of pride, superiority, shyness, and just general fear of what people thought of me, and more fundamentally, an inherent judgment of myself and lack of self-knowledge. It wasn't until years later was I able to heal that through, yes, spiritual practice, but also putting myself out there despite my fear and conjuring up courage regardless of my fears. So I just wanted to give my own anecdotes to also emphasize that never give up on something just because of fear. Never. If you think you have some kind of imbalance or weakness, that weakness has an opposite spectrum of manifestation, meaning the more fearful or weak something is within you, if and when you transmute, overcome, transcend that awareness, transcend that weakness, it won't just manifest as a tiny little virtue. A big weakness turns into a strong virtue. A big weakness turns into a big strength. It will transmute into something on the opposite polarity of weakness. So this spiritual awakening and growth leads us to seeing duality and polarity in our lives and then choosing what end of that polarity we're going to live. For example, an angry person through transcending anger becomes peaceful and serene. A very angry person becomes very serene. A lustful person becomes a faithful person. A hateful person becomes a loving person. A person who struggles to express themselves becomes very articulate. So, all ugliness turns into beauty. 
And of course, a deeply suffering person becomes a deeply liberated and enlightened person. And so it's in the throat chakra we are able to comprehend all of this through the actions and manifestations of self-expression and the way we conduct ourselves internally and externally. So to start to get onto the practices for this section, as we've been seeing, this chakra is to do with self-expression. This self-expression is something we have to understand carefully because it's to do with our conduct, behavior, and ego. And when it comes to developing internal psychic powers to perceive sounds and even thoughts of other people as a form of clairaudience, we have to be free, totally free, from judging others. And it can be very easy to fall into false interpretations of what we're hearing internally. So, as repeated throughout this series, we have lower unconscious energies using the chakras. And so, what are the negative manifestations of the throat chakra? Well, it's when we listen to voices that don't tell us the truth or to use our actions to manipulate reality or other people according to our hidden unconscious motives. And similarly, if we're trying to listen to the thoughts of others, because we are just a nosy or that we think we are like some kind of gods, then, you know, what are you doing? What is the purpose behind that? You have to be a totally respectful person internally. And then what if you just do happen to hear the thoughts of others because it's just in your environment or people are sending you thoughts? And as you're hearing those thoughts, but we have within ourselves subconscious jealousy, hatefulness, distrustfulness, suspicions of people, then those perceptions can be perceived as false reality because we're really just hearing the sounds of our subconscious minds. As said at the start of the series, those thoughts are coming in through the filter of our own egoic judgments. And this is even made worse, especially if we're prideful too, and we claim to have supernatural powers. You know, one might say something like, oh, I think a person is evil or trying to do something malicious because I heard his thoughts in my mind, because my clairaudience never fails me. I'm a great psychic. I'm always right. Okay, so it's important that we have the capability to sufficiently analyze and differentiate between fantasies and reality, between fantasy and objective imagination. I'll leave a good resource, a good link below, which you can read about the difference between fantasy and conscious imagination. And through understanding it, we can understand that, you know, in that example I just gave, how such a person has just penetrated into their subconscious thoughts where their own mental creations live, and they're not really perceiving anything outside of them. So this takes a certain level of advancement or refinement and it's necessary to never pass judgment against anyone. Do not judge in order to not be judged. And if we don't know how to remain in silence externally and internally, then external extrasensory phenomena is not easy to discern from internal subjective phenomena. So the foundation is in inner silence, to be rooted in nothingness, rooted in samadhi. And to add to this complication of the ego, these powers, paradoxically, are attained by not desiring them. They are instead developed with consistent practice and inner silence. So this brings us on to the most basic practice for this, which is meditating on or listening to silence and also practicing inner and outer silence throughout our day. 
perhaps not speaking for some time, not thinking, and also just noticing that space created in your life. You know, don't you think it's peculiar that when there is silence around us, perhaps at night or when we go to bed, we don't notice it. We don't notice the silence, the space around us. And if you pay attention, it's because we're absorbed in dreams of the ego. We're absorbed by the mental noise of our own fantasies. Now, before we go on to three mantras that we have for balancing the throat chakra and awakening clairaudience, I want to introduce a basic nostril breathing exercise which you can incorporate into pranayama before you meditate. This simply involves closing one nostril with your thumb or finger, whichever, so simply go to almost pinch your nose as seen on the screen and close one nostril. Then inhale through the other that is open. You can count to five seconds if you'd like. You will notice by holding one nostril shut that air, that prana, is able to more vigorously enter the lungs and that you're more able to inhale and exhale for much more longer. So by doing this you can have much more satisfying and deeper breaths. And if you can also do pranayama through a well-ventilated place or do it while your window is open, that's also great to bring some fresh air in. So hold one nostril shut, inhale for five seconds, and when your breath is full, close both nostrils and retain for five seconds. Then open the other nostril and exhale. Once you've exhaled, keep that nostril open and inhale through the same nostril again. And once your breath is full, retain and repeat, alternating between the two nostrils as you continue to breathe. If you're still confused about that, I've left a video in the link below demonstrating it. Uh, there will be a lot of resources in this episode. Now, to deepen pranayama, you can also extend the time you inhale, retain, and exhale. Or you can also just extend the retaining part. So where you hold your breath, you can hold it for up to 30 seconds. That would be quite good. So inhale, retain 30 seconds, exhale. It doesn't need to be exactly 30 seconds and you don't need to count it. Just do it longer to have deeper effects from pranayama. So the main mantra. The main vowel for awakening this chakra is the letter E, but it's not pronounced E, it's pronounced E, like so. E focusing on the throat in deep meditation as we've been looking at in the previous episodes. Now there are two extra mantras for this chakra and also specifically for awakening clairaudience. The first one is Jeuse Vause. So like so this mantra while in deep meditation almost in a state of slumber you can focus on things 
that you'd like to hear, whether it be the sounds of birds near you, rustling of trees, or even the voice of your friends who live far away. Or you can also strive and focus on hearing certain masters or beings. But you should be in a very deep state of meditation and inner silence, while going into an almost sleepy and slumber state, almost like a trance-like state, similar to astral projection. So this mantra can be used while lying down, and you may have a spiritual experience of some sort through the medium of connecting with whatever sound you'd like to hear, or just simply focusing on your capability to hear through your physical ears and you may be able to hear or connect with a certain divinity such as the divine mother because you want to ask for help and guidance and you may in the depths of your profound state of meditation hear her voice hear some guidance and through more advancements you can pose a question with your mind and you may hear answers coming back now, I know this is advanced, but, you know, even the modern psychologist Carl Jung did a lot of sort of active clairaudience while he was awake, and he used his conscious, objective imagination in order to talk with certain divinities or to talk with his inner world in order to get guidance and information. Now another mantra with the same purpose, choose whatever you prefer or experiment, it is the following. Om Chiva Tun E. So it's pronounced like this with the vowels being what should be prolonged. So like so. Don't stress too much about where you should take breaths between mantras. You'll find that if you are able to enter deep states of meditation, just try and follow the mantra as best you can, taking breaths where you need to. You can also split it more if you like. So the Jause Vause mantra, you can do Je take a breath, ooh, take a breath, S, take a breath, air, take a breath, okay, it's totally up to you, uh, but the vowels are the ones that are important to prolong, okay, so as said, this is quite advanced because usually our minds are very loud, it takes a good amount of stable and profound and consistent meditation, so don't expect you'll be able to hear things right away. When it happens, you'll know by hearing it, and you just will know that you're not fooling yourself because you'll be so deep and in control of your own mind and being that you'll hear a totally random voice or sound just as though it's in the physical. Remember, this isn't something you need to pursue aggressively or ambitiously. It's just an ability that can arise from spiritual devotion and meditation, with these mantras boosting that a lot. Remember that silence is just as important, so I recommend building a good, comfortable foundation with that first. Enjoying external silence and 
attaining internal silence is more important really, especially when we're beginning. A lot of people like to use ambient music for meditation, but try to get comfortable and accustomed to pure silence. It's the most powerful type of environment that you can meditate in, especially since everything comes from nothing, right? All music, all noise derives from silence. So you're getting in touch with Akash. You're getting in touch with the source of creation rather than manifestations of sounds and music and noise. You're getting in touch with the causal plane. You're getting in touch with the cause of things rather than the effects of things, whether it be the effects of your ego and things like that. You want to get in touch with the causes of your ego and that way you comprehend your own nature. Why you're acting in certain ways, why you have certain sufferings, etc. So, thank you for the following, for joining on Patreon this week. Uh, Mark, Ronnie, Alfredo, Tracy, Gus, Imtalek, Aditya, Plainai, Nico, Attila, Tom, Jenna, Syke, Gustavo, KB, Genevieve, Omer, Saran, Crown, Carl, Arjen, Mark, Ali, Haru, Marva, Peggy, Mandy, Jane, Stacy, Michael, Trayvance, Alexandria, Alicia, Amir, and Daniel. Wow, thank you so much for supporting the channel, everyone. This is all made possible because of you. Uh, be sure to be subscribed, everyone, and I will see you on the next episode, which will cover what I'm sure is the most anticipated and talked about chakra the third eye.